Welcome everyone to the Principles Podcast, where we're really trying to get the principles of leadership, but also personal growth and development, and really help people stretch and become the person and uh, the man or the woman that they were designed and created to be. And uh, we'd really love to hear your stories. Uh, We also want to provide this way to um, share your stories, because we know that People can learn from experience, their own experience, or the experiences of other people. And uh, we thought uh, this is episode number two. First episode, we interviewed my partner and my friend, Logan Ayers. And today, hey, we're going to interview me, and Logan's going to be doing the questions. So, Logan, um, welcome to the podcast, I guess, uh, if you want to kick us off from there. Thanks, Corey. I've been told that the quality of your life is is dictated by the quality of the questions you ask. There you go. So today... Um, I will uh, I will try to do service to your story and ask you some quality questions because I know you have a, an awesome story to be able to share with people, uh, and I look forward to hearing a little bit more about it. So you're an Sounds executive good. coach. Uh, that's how I know you. About a year and a half ago, Chris Bennett, uh, one of our one of our good friends, said, "Man, you should really meet this Corey Lee guy. I think y'all would hit it off." And I was like, "Man, I, yeah, I, that's great, but..." I don't have a lot of extra time right now. And uh, at the beginning of this year, I said, man, I'm going to hire Corey Lee as a coach. And man, it's been one of the best things that I could do. You've added a ton of value to me. Three weeks in, my wife said, you're a different person. Uh, So, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about how in the world you got to where you are, where you came from, from Baldwin, Mississippi, and how you're an executive coach. Yeah. Well, uh, like you said, I really appreciate that, Logan. Um, love people and love love really just adding value to people, love people's stories um, and those kind of things. And I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the last few weeks and months. And uh, so, like you said, originally from Baldwin, I was born and raised there. I was raised at an early age by my mom and my grandmother. When I was about... <clears throat> I guess about nine or ten, my stepdad, he came along and uh, uh, went to Baldwin High School, very small school. That's where I met my wife, uh, went to the eighth grade prom with her, and uh, I told her she begged me to go to the eighth grade <laughs> prom with her. She's not here, but I'm, uh, you know, I can say that, right? So I <clears throat> uh, went to Baldwin, and uh, you've heard part of my story where I said that I decided to go to college to be a physical therapist assistant because I didn't think I was smart enough to be a real physical therapist. And that's partly true. Uh, I actually decided to go to um, a community college to get an associate's degree because I didn't think I was smart enough to go beyond that. And um, I was going to be an x-ray tech. (laughs) That was what I was going to to college for. And uh, here's why. I I remember, I thought I was going to be a major league baseball player for my whole life. And uh, I was at church one night and this lady comes up to me and she says um she asked me the whole thing what are you doing in college and all that and uh she said you should try x-ray tech and i was like well i don't even know what that is what do they do and she told me a little bit about it and she said and i think you can just go to community college for two years and then you can um i think they start out making forty thousand forty five thousand dollars per year and i said hold on a second you're telling me <laughs> that I can make 40000 per year. I was like, I'm sign me up. I'm all in. Like, I could picture me rolling in dough, right? Because <laughs> I was used to making $7 an hour, right? 
And uh, so I go to community college, and uh, on when I get ready to sign up for um, to apply to the X-ray program, on there they had the list of all of the every healthcare field that they offered. And um, I said, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna apply to every single one of them because all I need to do is get an interview. Once I get an interview, it's over with. I'm in, right? <clears throat> On that application was physical therapy. And I'd never heard of physical therapy and uh, went and observed and absolutely loved it. Got an interview. Now, PT and PTA is very difficult to get into. Uh, the year that I applied, there's over 150 applicants. They accept 13. Average GPA to get in at that time was 3.5. I'm at a two something, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I knew if I got an interview, I got it, right? And uh, do this interview, and they tell me uh, basically I could get in if I made a C or above in college algebra. Never made below a C in my life, so I wasn't worried about it. Uh, Logan, I get to the final test, and I've got to make an 87. Mm-hmm to have a C to even pass. And I make a 70. I make a 70. <laughs> but I go to the teacher and uh, one of my gifts is communicating influence and persuasion and all that. And uh, I, I talk to my teacher and she gives me the C that I've got to have to get into the PTA program. And um, anyway, I, I told my wife, if I ever see her out, I haven't seen her since then. If I see this teacher out, don't be surprised if I just give over, go over and give her a big old hug and like this big old kiss, right? Because um, she really, really helped us out. But got through PTA school. Uh, my wife and I got married. We moved to Florence, Alabama. She played, um, she played uh, college softball, and that was probably one of the best decisions that we made because we moved away from everything and everybody that that we knew, and to a new town where we didn't know anybody. We didn't have any friends. And I was making that forty to $45,000 per year, and I realized it wasn't that much. <laughs> uh, we would, <clears throat> like we were at a point where I would get paid. We'd gas up the cars. We'd pay all the bills. We would um, go to the grocery store. We'd have $8 left. And we'd have to stretch that $8 for two weeks, right? And uh, I can remember this hospital I was working in had this um, cafeteria, and I would be in the cafeteria eating a little sandwich, just staring at the mashed potatoes. I'm like, if I could just eat me some mashed potatoes, I'd be good, right? Like wishing I could eat the cafeteria food. Um, but but life was great, right? That's where we really grew in our relationship with one another, but also in our faith, uh, in our walk with God. And from there, we moved to Jackson, Mississippi. We were there for about three years, moved to Phoenix, Arizona for six months. And uh, when we were out in Phoenix... My wife was pregnant with our first child, and we were trying to decide where we were going to go from there. Um, we were really praying, do, do we move back to Florence, do we move back to Jackson, stay in Phoenix, Austin, Texas, and um, really felt like God was saying, move back to Tupelo. And I was like, no, 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 not, no, are you kidding me? Not Tupelo. And uh, I, I was kind of naive because I'd gotten city-fied, and uh, I really liked walking out of our apartment and be able to walk to a healthy restaurant. I liked being able to just walk out the door and go for a bike ride or go for a run and not have to have my head on a swivel looking for dogs or cars, you know, and I just really loved that and uh, wasn't wanting to go back. And I said, nobody in Tupelo 
cares anything about health and fitness. Nobody cares anything about growth. Obviously, we know that's not true, but I was saying that, and um, God said, he spoke to me as clear as day. I heard it. He said, well, there will be no change unless somebody makes a change, and why not you? So, you know, we, we really felt obviously compelled to come back to Tupelo. We, we did. Uh, started working for another company, and shortly after, we opened up our own business, a um, couple of gyms uh, along with that. 2017, we sold those businesses, and I transitioned into executive coaching and training, like you said, and absolutely love it. Uh, love adding value to people and really stretching people beyond kind of what their conceived limitations are. And that, I guess that's kind of where we are today. So that's long, but uh, that catches us up right Yeah, there. That, that's awesome, Corey. <clears throat> uh, so when you guys came back, to small town Tupelo, Mississippi. Um, I know you had some some goals um, at, at one point that revolved around uh, a, a healthiest town in Mississippi. Can can you? We've talked about that off camera. Can can you tell our audience about that? Yeah. So, um, health and fitness is is really a big part of my life, um, and I don't want it just to be about my life too. I want to help people with that. So. When we opened up our PT practice, uh, we were in a small town of 1,100 people and um, really didn't want to just do physical therapy. We didn't want to just be another business in the community, right? We wanted to add value and um, we started doing boot camp classes and nutrition classes and stuff for kids and um, really I had this internal goal that I had only told my wife at that point that I want to make Mantachi, Mississippi, this town of 1,100 people, (laughs) one of the healthiest small towns in the state of Mississippi, right? And uh, I just kind of kept that to myself and um, just really tried to do as much as we could in the community and, and spend a ton of time. But I mean, I was there from 5 to like 8 and 8.30 at night. But when you're doing something that you love, the time just flies by, right? And um, in 2017, when we sold our practice, Mantachi, that small town of uh, 1,100 people, was awarded a Blue Cross Blue Shield Award for being one of the healthiest small towns in the state of Mississippi. And uh, it was really cool to kind of see that and, and to be a very small part of that. There were other things that the community had to do uh, to receive that, but um, to see see some kind of goal that's in the back of your mind get recognized and realized, I mean, that, that's pretty awesome, right? And to be a small part of that. <laughs> Must have been a nice affirmation uh, that, yeah. you know, I heard what the Lord was telling me to do. I obeyed, and, and we're seeing some things come to fruition that are that are important to Him, important to us, yeah. uh, and, and having that impact. Yeah. Um, so... You started your own practice. That's yeah. that's a pretty big leap and a pretty big investment. Um, lots of unknowns, especially going from um, a salaried position with a, a little bit of stability to now you've got a you've got people you're responsible for to to put food on their plates and your plate. Um, what kind of allowed you to take that leap? Mm, that's a good that's a good question because. Even when we were when we had just gotten married, so I'm a physical therapist assistant. My wife, we knew she was going into PT school. She's going to be a physical therapist, and we'd be driving around town. And um, even when we only had eight dollars, right? It was like, man, wouldn't it be cool 
wouldn't it be cool if we had, had we just had our own practice? And uh, wouldn't it be cool if this practice it had like a gym attached to it, or if, or if we had like a, a shoe store with it, like and we were selling retail type stuff? And um, it was just kind of a, a small dream that we had, but kind of at that time, so we're working, we had moved back to Tupelo, had our first child, and we were working at a, both of us at the same place, she was getting to work from home. Like, this was the first time in our, our lives, both of us are earning, you know, an income. And I'm earning more than I had made, and my wife's earning double what I had made, and it was cush. It was easy, right? Like, I'm, over, I'm finished with work at 12 or 1, every day. And, um, but I knew that I just knew there was something inside of me that was saying I was designed and created for more, right? Than just being complacent and content and happy with satisfied with where we were. And, uh, we made the decision to make that leap to open up our practice. And it was a financial step back. And it really, um, because of the decision that I made, it really cost my wife her job because we worked at the same place. So there was huge risk there. We've got this, you know, not even a year old child. And uh, <laughs> now, you know, taking a step back big time financially. But I just knew it was the right thing to do. I knew it was the next step in my growth. And although it was a step back, it was a much bigger step forward. And um, I, I, just real quick, a story on that. I can remember, like, I want to get to the intent behind some of this. Um, when we were looking at opening up our own practice, I can remember I, <clears throat> I jotted down every physical therapy practice that was around in North Mississippi. I knew where every single one of them were. I knew how far they were from each other, and I knew exactly where we wanted to go. And I can remember sitting down at our table, and I, I've got my little <clears throat> whole table out with all my stuff, and and I'm saying, man... My mom is going to be so proud of me. Ooh, ooh, she's going to be proud of me. My friends from high school, they're going to be so proud of me. Wait till they hear what I'm doing. And I realized that my attitude wasn't right. I realized that the attitude was all about me. And um, in that moment, I, <clears throat> I immediately prayed. And I said, God, if, if this is the attitude that I'm going to have, that by the time that I say amen that if this is the attitude I'm going to move forward with, I pray you take the desire out of my heart. And I said, amen, and the desire was gone, like gone. And I I packed everything up, and I said, I guess we're not going to do this. And uh, about six months later, that desire kind of crept back in, and um, I got got out my bike, went to the trace, and... uh, for 60 miles, I did, I did a 60-mile bike ride, and I prayed the whole time that uh, my intentions would be pure and uh, that, that we would honor God and the things that we did. And uh, that 60-mile bike ride, I packed it up. I called my wife and said, I'm about to turn in my notice. And uh, <laughs> I called him, and the uh, guy's a great guy, right? Like, he was super nice uh, about it at the time. Um and I called him, and he was at the grocery store, and I told him, hey, I'm turning in my notice. I'm going to open up my own practice. And um, anyway, it, it, it went from there. And uh, it, it's just, you know, amazing what it's like whenever you are obedient. Uh, it didn't feel like fear or a big step back. It felt like the right thing to do. Like I knew I was on the right path. So, 
Hope I didn't ramble too much. No, that's that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, just a, a, a quick side note, I think we would be doing uh, everyone a disservice if we didn't uh, mention how much of saints both of our wives are. Uh, yes. You know, my, my wife kind enough to, to help with some of the super ego uh, I'm sorry, super, uh, super weird off the wall health and fitness stuff. And your <laughs> wife taking two week notices after 60 mile bike rides. Yeah. Um, and, and we're both still very happily married, at least on our end. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, um, I, I, I'll say one other thing on my wife, because I almost, there was another point where I almost did not move forward with it. I, I can remember driving around town and I see all these PT clinics and out behind their names are these big long alphabet, right? And and all their credentials. And uh, I really kind of got down. I was like, I cannot compete. I'm a lowly physical therapist assistant. These guys are great guys. I know them. They've got big reputations. And um, I remember coming home and saying to my wife, like, you know, I can't compete with that. Like, I, these people are awesome. They've got the alphabet behind their name, and uh, I just don't think we're going to move forward on it. And she, she simply said, she said, uh, well, you know how to make people feel good. And it, that was all I kind of needed was, was, you know, basically what she was saying was that you're not them, but they're not you either, right? You've got your own gifts and talents, and the world needs those gifts and talents. So suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. You know, quit, quit pouting and let's go right so uh anyway it seems like that's a common thread in your story um that kim is very good at giving you the the support and encouragement that you need to to go out and take that next step a lot of times we're here because she bought you a podcast <laughs> microphone that's because right. you said hey I, you know, I think i might do this podcast thing and and she not only supports you but kind of sometimes will push you over the edge Mm -hmm. in the direction that you know you need to go and when it's time to take some action um she's always got your back and and helping you take those those next steps and that's not always the case that's true Um, so that's um that's something to definitely be thankful for and mindful of um so tons of the people that we know are small business owners or working um you know the the Tupelo economy and have a side hustle and yeah. do do different things, uh, and they're kind of scared to take that leap. So when you took that leap, did you did you take a step back financially, short term, and what helped you to make that decision, and how did it pay off? Yeah, big time. We we definitely took a step back financially because again, I was making when we come talking about finances. Um, we were I was earning personally more than I'd ever earned before, but it was also the first time that both of us had a paycheck coming in. And talk about going from cush job to earning good money to a big time unknown, right? To right. who knows if anybody's ever gonna walk through those doors. So there there were um it was a big step back. It was a leap of faith, but for me, and in, in that situation, I just knew, I knew um, that it was the next step. It, it was the next step that once once I make the decision, it's committed, it's all in, right? Because I know if you're not fully committed, there's that chance to draw back. You're only going to give a half-hearted effort. And once we made the decision to move forward, it was all in. And I, I would suggest that, you know, when you're looking at making a decision like that, 
who are you responsible to and who are you responsible for? If you've got a family and kids and a wife that you're responsible to, uh, be wise with that decision. But whatever decision you make, you've got to be all in. You've got to be committed because, again, if you're not committed, you're only going to give a half-hearted effort in the back of your mind. There's a chance to back out. There's a way to back out. So, um, you know, the story of burn your ships. You've got to burn your ships and you've got to be all in. So, yeah. Awesome. So ultimately, you you built that um, and were able to sell it, and then now you've completely pivoted into something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that kind of segues into you, you sold that. You're into executive coaching now. You've got um, a commercial development, which is your <laughs> your first time to kind of play in that arena. Yeah. Um, you've you've done some uh, some real estate stuff as well. Um, how do you choose what to say yes to and what to say no to? That's a really, really good question because uh, my, my personality is more impulsive and uh, and it, it a lot of times goes with the flow. Uh, very much led by intuition, but with that, there's got to be some discipline too, for sure. So one of the things that has truly helped me was identifying what's what's important, right? Um, a lot of times we get bogged down with what's urgent versus what is important. And a couple of things that have helped me with that is one, identifying what are my key values? What, what are those things that are most important? Because you can't identify what's more important or lesser important if you haven't identified what is important. So That's right. identifying, um, we've gone through you know, a, a values thing. What are your top five values? Well, I do the same thing, and I've, I've identified what those top five values are. But then each day, if you listen to the first podcast that we had where Logan was talking about, he asked himself questions at the end of the day, holding himself accountable. Well, do the same thing too, but I also prepare my next day, right? So at the end of every day, I'll, I'll make sure that my schedule uh, I'll, I'll do my schedule for the next day. If I do, do it that night, I get up early and I prepare that schedule, but I also leave in some white space. Uh, I plug in the things that I know are important and I block that out. So even things like we talked about health and fitness is important to me. Uh, I will put my gym time in there and that time is blocked and it's set basically in stone unless something emergency happens or why for kids, right? So um, I think knowing what is most important to you, and um, I'll be honest with you, that's an area that I have grown in and I'm still growing mm-hmm. into because I know the, know the importance of it. If you look at the people who are most successful in the world, they are doing big things, ton of things, and it looks like they've got their hands in a bunch of different things, yet they're super successful and they've got the same amount of hours that we all have, mm-hmm. right? It's because they've learned how to prioritize their time correctly. And um, I've seen the value in that, and that's what I'm doing, and I'm still growing in that. So that's, that's awesome. Really that's a that's a powerful combination from somebody that's a super creative and an ideas guy that's really developing on that kind of self discipline and and prioritization time. Because a lot of times that's people that that have that personality type will struggle in that area and and can really be unstoppable um, when they can bring that. Up because it's it's no problem with the ideas and the energy and the creativity, uh, but then having that discipline and prioritization to bring those things to life uh, is a really special combination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So you mentioned things that are important to you um, and making sure that they get scheduled and that they're on the calendar. I know health and fitness is one of those things, but I also know from talking to you that legacy is is a core tenet of yours. Um, why is that? Has that always been the case? You know, <clears throat> I don't know if it's always been the case consciously, um, but as I've definitely kind of grown in my own awareness, I've seen the things that are important. And there's a quote that really stands out to me, um, and I'm not even going to say it exactly right, but he says that no man has any right to come into this world and pass out of it without leaving some kind of mark on it, right? And I think there's, a, especially as a believer, there's a a um, one of a sense of urgency, but there's a... Um, it's what we're called to do, right, is is to make an impact and leave an impact. But as I also think, too, um, you know, God could have put me at any point in history. God could have put me anywhere in the world, yet I'm right here in Tupelo, Mississippi, right? And there's a purpose and a reason for that. And really what when I think about legacy, it's not about me. It's about other people. And so what initially comes to my mind is my family is that I want to be found faithful to the gifts and the the ideas and the talents and everything that I've been given to add value and impact the people that are to come, you know, afterwards. And um, I really feel like that's a... a a true sense of responsibility, right, is to add value to other people and set people up to come in a better position than we currently are now. And um, when I think of legacy as um, growth is a big thing to me, fitness and all those kind of things, I hope people will see that through me and especially trickle down to our kids that that will be the legacy I'll leave to them that he was found faithful to what he's been given. So. That's what I think of when I kind of think of a legacy. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, I know you keep that forefront. Do you do you have uh, that legacy kind of uh, detailed out or written out where you, you kind of compare it to the way that you lived each certain day? Mm, that's good. So one of the things I've been doing recently, uh, it's one of the things we challenged each other is to write down our vision, right? I've been mm-hmm. writing that down each day. <clears throat> but at the end of each day, I also have about six questions that I ask myself to, it's kind of like a check-in, right? You said these are the things that are most valuable to you and this is what you want to do and all those kind of things. Um, are you really living that out? Right, like it's easy to say that, yeah, I'm doing that, but are you really having to check in and holding yourself accountable? Are you really like, are you really living what you you feel like you're called to do? Are you really being disciplined in the areas that you, you you're supposed to be disciplined in? And uh, those are some of the things that I do. Um, I'm trying to be even more consistent with that. Probably do it about four or five times a, a week, but. Um, trying to hold my own self accountable to that and, and I don't think you can just say yes or no without having some kind of system and some kind of check in to see are you really and what does that look like so yeah yeah <laughs> so what do you think that people will say about Corey Lee when you're gone my hope um, is that you know he added value to me that he truly cared about me 
right? So uh, a lot of people can say they cared, but I hope that I have done something to show people that they are cared about. And um, really the, the thought that keeps coming to my mind is that be found faithful. I hope they can say that he was found faithful. Like every little piece of talent and ability that's in me, I hope it's all just squeezed out, right? Like there's not an ounce left by the time I leave. So <laughs> uh, anyway. That's awesome. I, I think you're you're living that out. And, and um, I get the opportunity to see some of that ripple effect as you invest in me and I'm able to, to pour that into other people mm-hmm. and um, in a position where I, I have some influence over 600, 700 people at, at work and even seeing you invest in them as you've done some, some leadership and some training uh, with a lot of our leadership teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, that, that there's a long wave uh, with that and I think you're living that out and uh, excited to see where you continue to take that uh, or, or where the Lord takes that through you yeah. uh, with you as a, as a vessel. Um, I appreciate that. So when you get off the path and we all get off the path from time to time, what does Corey Lee do to get back on? You know, that's, that's a really good question too and uh, I think you can find yourself off the, pa- off the path without even realizing it, right? Um, and you do it without having that awareness. But one of the things that really helps me um, is having some people in your life who you've been given the the freedom to speak into you, right? So um, people who can challenge you to say, hey, you're not doing the things you said you would do. I can see you fading off this way. Mm. Um, I think a lot of us don't have people like that in our lives, maybe not even necessarily want that in our mm-hmm. lives, but having somebody that you've given the freedom to do that to, but also in the mornings, I try to get up really early. I love my time early in the mornings. I'll get up and uh, really pray. And then even the things that I'm talking about at night, doing the check-ins really kind of, kind of help me see. But um, we talked about in our last podcast, we judge other people based on their actions. We judge ourselves based mm-hmm. on our intentions. My intentions may be thinking that I am, but unless I've got somebody on the outside looking in to tell me, um, I, you know, I can get off the path very easily. We all can. And uh, that's really powerful to have even more than one people to do that, yeah. given the power. So that that has helped too. So That's awesome. From a practical standpoint, uh, do you have people in your life like that 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 kind of take a holistic approach, or do you have people that hold you accountable in an area of health and fitness, and then someone else that holds you accountable from a marriage or a, a spiritual standpoint, and someone else for financial? Do you have those siloed off, or do you do you have somebody that kind of has a, a thirty thousand foot view of Corey Lee's life that holds you accountable in every area? Yeah, that's a you know what as you say that. I'm thinking, man, it would be good to have somebody in a specific mm. kind of area, but the uh, couple, the two or three that, and I have more take that holistic approach. Um, I, I, I'm very disciplined when it comes to health and fitness. Mm. Um, so my my ego says I don't need anybody in that area, but it actually would be good to have somebody in that area, you know. Um, but the guys that I have in my life do take more of that holistic approach and they'll <clears throat> they'll just say things like well how's it going you know the and then you'll give well everything's good 
No, I mean, really, how's it going? Because mm-hmm. this is what I kind of see, you right. know. Um, that, that's been very helpful, too. So I, I don't know how you can stay on the path if you're not having somebody like that, but also not doing check-ins. But I think really having somebody on the outside because we can let ourselves off the hook otherwise. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's super important, and <laughs> um, it's really easy to to not put that in place if you're not intentional about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's kind of a lot of your message is, is legacy and intentionality. Um, and, and it's good to see you walking that out. Um, what makes you tick? <laughs> you know, um, that, you know, I, I don't really, um, that's a good question. So we go to church with a guy and, uh, I guess I can say his name, David Parker, mm-hmm. right? So David is probably one of the... I've never met anybody who can read people like David, right? Like he can meet you in two to three minutes and he's got you pegged. And uh, I was meeting him with, with him for lunch one day and um, he was talking about my wife and all good things, but I mean, he had her pegged mm-hmm. like to the T. And I, I said, okay, what do you see in me, right? And... Um, he said, well, I see somebody who's genuine that really cares about people or wants to help people, but I also see some kind of chip on your shoulder. And I said, you know, I didn't even realize that either until he called it out on me. He saw in there um, something that I didn't see. And I do feel like there is some kind of chip on my shoulder that they're, I, I call them like haters mm. out there. And there ain't nobody hating on me, right? <laughs> yeah, but but I, I, I feel like having something like that does drive me right like almost like an underdog feeling of um that i I don't know i I guess the best way to call it is some kind of chip on the shoulder um and then also really feel called and responsible to not just drift and float through life i I feel like there's this chip on the shoulder but also this huge responsibility that i enjoy not Mm. not a drag but uh, to really pursue, to see how far you can go. You talked about in our last podcast of, I want to see how far I can go. What is that, Celia? I want to see how far I can make it. And that, that's a big driver as well. So how far can I go? I love that about the chip on, on your shoulder. Um, I feel like I operate that way myself. Yeah. Uh, but also I'm looking for that in people that I partner with or people that I'm hiring because I really love somebody that has something to prove yeah. uh, that's it's that internal drive that makes them want to go that little bit extra um like uh, ray lewis that played football for the ravens forever said i'm i'm pissed off for greatness <laughs> oh uh, i like and, that and, and somebody write I, that down yeah, yeah i, 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 I really liked that that <laughs> resonated with me and he was just at everything he did from training to mental preparation to film he had that chip on his shoulder and he wanted to, he wanted to go execute at the absolute highest level. Uh, and so I, I, I I think we're going to title this podcast that pissed off for greatness. I like that. Love it. Love it. Uh, that was good. What, uh, what does a typical day in your life look like? Um, you know, one of the things I love about what I do right now, there is no one day that's the same. Mm. Um, if, really get to know me. I love change. I love, I cannot stand status quo. Um, so each day is different, but there is pretty much always going to be a couple of things. One is 
getting up early um, in the morning, no matter if you know it's a weekend or what, I'm going to get up early. There's probably going to be some kind of health and fitness related something in there. There's going to be something in there where uh, I'm intentional about growing myself, whether that's reading a book, listening to a podcast, um, going to a course or seminar, and spending time with the family. Those are always going to be in there. Everything else is really flexible and um, really looking for ways that I can add a value to other people. And um, I guess that's one of the things I love about what I do right now is just mm. the flexibility and the and the variety and the change of um, you know I'm doing this podcast with you today and then I'm going into Tupelo and I'm going to go work uh, with someone in coaching and then this afternoon somebody else in coaching and uh, middle of the day I'm going to go for a workout right so it it, it constantly varied um, and I guess I just kind of like that so yeah awesome <laughs> do you have any pet peeves um. When I think about a pet peeve, I'm pretty laid back. Um, there's not a lot of things that bother me. But one thing that really, really gets at me is when people make excuses. People don't take ownership of their own things, right? Like, um, I just use her son. He's eight. But at eight, we blame everybody for everything mm-hmm. else, right? And it really just drives me crazy that he blames other people when he gets in trouble, right? But you see it, of course, he's learning, right? So we're going to help him out of that, hopefully. Yeah. But but when adults blame other people for their problems and their circumstances instead of taking their own responsibility, it drives me crazy. So I won't go much further than there that. You go. There you go. <laughs> we may go into yeah. the uh, Ray Lewis quote again. There you, there, <laughs> there you go. So if you want to stay on Corey Lee's good side, don't make excuses. Take responsibility. Uh, so being... In the position that you're in right now, you work with a, a lot of achievers and a lot of leaders uh, at, at every different level and in many different facets of life. What qualities do you consistently see in great leaders? Because, or first, do you believe that leaders are born or that leaders are made? And if so, how can you make yourself a leader? Yeah, uh, I love when John John Maxwell has been asked that quote or that question a couple of times, and you know he always kind of started out, well, yeah, leaders are born. I've never met an unborn leader, right? Mm. And and really, what people are asking is, are there certain qualities that people are born with that make them inherently good leaders, right? Mm. Um, and I think there are some skills that make people good leaders. But I think what great leadership is more comes to character qualities. And those are things that absolutely everyone can develop. Because what leadership is, is leadership is influence. And it's influencing people to follow your lead because of who you are and what you represent. And if you're not uh, who you say you are, and if you're not representing something good, you ain't going to have no followers, right? You're going to turn around and you're just going for a little hype, right? So some common characteristics that I see leaders from all different fields there's a variety of of skills and gifts that make people leaders in the positions that they are but i haven't seen anybody that's in a leadership role or position that stayed there for very long if they're not disciplined uh, if they don't have some certain daily disciplines because once you get higher in leadership there are more responsibilities and if you aren't disciplined with your time and where you put your energy and effort what you say yes and no to 
you're going to get sidetracked. But other thing too is um, one of one of the things that you said is very important to you is um, doing the things you said that you're going to do. Being honest and trustworthy. If you're not honest and trustworthy, ain't nobody going to follow you for very long, right? And um, those are really, really some of the character traits that I see in pretty much every good leader is trustworthy, honesty, um, those things that you want to have in a best friend or a spouse, right? Th- right? Those character traits. And if you want to be a great leader, those are the things that you really need to focus on is, is who you are, not necessarily what you do. The skills can be taught. You can learn those, but really focusing on who you are um, makes a great leader, I think. Awesome. So. Everybody write that down. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you had a billboard that Whoa. everyone in the world could see, what would it say? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, hmm. If I had a billboard that everyone in the world could see, you know, um, I might have to think on that, but that, that just, boom, right off the top of my mind is like, get moving, stay moving. Uh, it's kind of been a quote that I've I started when we had our, our PT clinic, but um, get moving, stay moving, because you have gifts, talents, and abilities. Every single one of us do, but most of us are just sitting on our hands and being complacent. Not everybody, but most people do. And then stay moving, like just keep moving every day. Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, and don't ever stop, right? Um, the book we read, Think and Grow Rich, she says that, Lack of persistence is a weakness common to the majority of people. And that's the reason most people never achieve great things is because they lack the persistence to keep going. So I would say get moving and stay moving. Just get moving, right? Just head in the direction and keep moving. Yeah. Love it. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you'd like to, to share? Any any questions that you wanted to be asked that, that would that would spark something that you'd like to share? Um, I don't know any, any other questions, but one of the things that I always really try to make, make sure I say is that every single one of us have our own unique gifts, talents, and abilities, right? Like every single one of us have been uniquely and creatively made. Uh, you know, Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and that's not just talking about Logan Ayers. That's not just talking about Corey Lee. That's talking about you, right? Like you, Whoever you are listening, that is you, uh, have been given those gifts, talents, and abilities. And and they're to be used, right? Um, the person with the gifts, not greater than the gift. You're, those, those gifts aren't just for you. They are to be used and to uh, add value to other people. So um, use those gifts, discover what they are, and then, you know, magnify them, like strengthen those gifts and then use them. Because when you don't, you're not only hurting yourself right you're not making yourself you're not only not making yourself more valuable but also the world around you is being hurt as well by the creativity that you can offer and the gifts that you offer so that's the only other thing i would share (laughs) awesome uh well Corey, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better um i hope that today added some value for everybody um you can find Corey at uh, you can any social media uh, on all of them. Corey Lee and um, the best place to email me is Corey at CoreyLeeLeadership dot com. And uh, Logan, we didn't say that about you on the last one. If someone wanted to reach out to you directly, how would they reach out to you? Uh, sure, they would find me at uh, 
My email is uh, L as in Logan, B as in Boy, Ayers, A-Y-E-R-S, 9-1 at gmail.com. Um, love to hear from you and uh, if this added some some value for you or if you're interested in sharing a story. Yeah, so. that sounds great. And I want to end on what, what Logan said on the last one, um, the quote that we ended on. What was the last last quote would you recommend yourself mm-hmm. as a, as a spouse as a partner as an employee as an employer uh, as a teammate would you recommend yourself mm-hmm. that is so good would you recommend yourself so guys I thank you for taking a listen today to the principles podcast if this has added value to you we ask that you share it with a friend or family member and make sure you subscribe and uh, if you feel like you've got a story that you would love to tell that would add value to people reach out to us uh, Logan shared his email uh, you can also email me at Corey at CoreyLeadership.com we would love to have you on so hope you guys have a great day and God bless <laughs>